This podcast is proudly supported by Red Energy, awarded CanStar's most trusted energy providers nationally 2021 and 22. That's Red Energy. And Prince Wine Store, bringing wine enthusiasts the greatest wine in the world. Visit princewinestore.com.au. You know, you never know what can happen from seventh position on the ladder. It is exciting. It's not what we're used to. I'm sort of happy with Lynchy's groin. I need yeah. to put that on the agenda. <laughs> I never thought you'd say those words, Anna. <laughs> I've been saying those words a lot, Clem. Trust me. Thank heavens, Gillen. Despite saying a night grand final was inevitable, he's still running at a daytime. Does the Finnish Prime Minister have the right to partay? <laughs> Let the girl live, I say. So, again, with a PR lens, I think people like seeing the human side. Yellow on me. I look like I've got gastro. No, it's no good for blondes. Don't even start. How much yellow is too much yellow? Because you also had the yellow shoes at one point. So it's a little bit like a walking banana. Head to toe. And I I had a cap as well. Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast with Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkins. And welcome everybody to episode 232 of Don't Shoot the Messenger. I'm Caroline Wilson, not flying solo this week, but without my... Podcast buddy Corrie Perkin, who is taking a well-earned break. I'm joined instead by my daughter Clementine. Welcome, Clem. Hey, Mom. Thanks for having me. Clementine Donahue, and back by popular demand, Anna from the Op Shop. Anna, welcome. Hello, ladies. <laughs> who is also Clementine's godmother. So this is a perfect threesome. We are here, ladies, to celebrate all that is spring. Not the best week to do it, given that it is one of the coldest weeks I can remember in Melbourne, and it's actually snowing as we speak <laughs> where Miss Jane lives, but um, it is almost spring. So there's so much to look forward to. There's so much to talk about. There's food. There's film. Clem, you've got some. You've got a restaurant wrap, I think. We're gonna... Maybe, if you're lucky. Oh, Some new a- kids on the block. Anna's got a fabulous uh, recipe that I've also tried. But before I go any further, I just want to thank everyone who came to our Red Energy movie night last week at the Como in South Yarra. We saw a fabulous film, Anna, and I think you would really enjoy it. I was busting to go but had a prior. I know you did, but... and I know you did too, Clem. But this is good luck. Good luck to you, Leo Grant. It, sta- it stars Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormack. You might not know Daryl, but he's in Peaky Blinders. I've heard Daryl, he did a lot of media when he was here. Oh, well, they both did, didn't mm. they? And he's, look, it's a brilliant <laughs> two-hander. There is one other very small role in the film. Interestingly, it's directed by an Adelaide woman by the name of Sophie Hyde. Um, it was all filmed in Norwich. It is basically about um, a late 50s, early 60s widow who has never had a fulfilled sex life and who hires a sex worker to try and learn how to have an orgasm. Now, it sounds a pretty unusual well, premise. If you want to um, have a good laugh, listen to Corrie explain the synopsis to Craig Hutchison the week he filled in for me when I was overseas. He's still he's still looking white about it whenever I mention it on Footy Classified. But... Um, it, the, the script is brilliant. Emma Thompson is absolutely brilliant. It's very poignant, very moving. It's not just about sex. It's about a it, – it almost becomes in some ways a mother-son relationship. It's platonic. It's romantic. It's just got a bit of everything. And it, it's one of those really good films, and they've learned a good lesson. You know, it's not too long. It's about an hour and a half which is all it needs. And anyway, we had a fabulous night, so thank you. Thank you also to Marianne Burke, who writes to us, Dear Caro and Corrie, I've just found your podcast. Simply love it. Cannot wait for the Sorrento Writers' Festival. 
being a 50-50 resident of that town. Much interest in Corrie's forthcoming Writers' Festival next April. Carol, I have a great little bar for Deb. Did you to hear the letter from Deb? No. A Sydney listener who went to a bar... Clem, you'll be horrified by this. In Paddington, I think oh, it was. Oh, yes, the Sydney. single lady with her dog. And she was told she couldn't sit there because they didn't allow single people to sit oh, at their wine In bar. Sydney? Yep. Yeah, they said it was oh. – they, they, they pulled council rules or something like that. She said, look, um, I'm happy to sit here for two – whatever and have two It never happened in wine. Melbourne. And anyway – he ended Surely up, that's illegal on so many levels. She ended up going to a bar over the road, but she was, you know, she was pretty much in tears and felt completely humiliated. Totally. Isn't that horrendous? Anyway, and we, we know Deb and love Deb, so we're very sorry this happened. Anyway, Marianne Burke writes, go to, when you're in Melbourne, go to Martini's, top of Burke Street between Pellegrini's and Hill of Content. Single patrons welcomed, as I think they are everywhere in Melbourne, Clem. I often dine alone, and when... Travelling with just a book. I find you will usually receive more more attentive service with a book. Had, had a great <laughs> night at Lola's, for example, at the Provincial in Ballarat just recently at my table for one. I'm a now rusted on listener of your pod. Cheers, M-A-B. Thank you, Mary Ann. Yeah, it was a really horrible story. And um, It's unbelievable in this day and age that you and the hound couldn't enjoy a glass of wine <laughs> when you feel like it, where you feel like it. But imagine people saying, pulling the old, it's like when people pull COVID, oh, we can't do it COVID. You go, that is just a lie. You're yeah. just being lazy. Anyway, welcome to the spring edition of Don't Shoot the Messenger. Um, and I, I think I'll start with you. What do you love most about spring? I think probably the two things are, first of all, gardens. I mean, don't you think the emergence of the spring garden just screams? Yes. New season. The smells, the blossom, the colours, the bulbs, just the new growth. You suddenly think, oh, crikey, better get out there. Those hydrangeas have been completely neglected in winter. I'll have no summer show if I don't. Uh... Yep, never too late to prune, even though you probably should have done it by now. I've done saying. the pruning, Cara. <laughs> of course I've done the pruning, but it, I don't think I've done any feeding or... But I've suddenly thought, no, the garden, it really just makes you think spring. And you're so happy. But the smell and when you see blossom on the municipal trees just makes your heart sing. It does. And Miss Jane has brought in, she claims just slim pickings from her garden. Oh, look at Ms. the colours. Miss Jane, there's poppies, daffodils, snowdrops. The what are you very first about? of the poppies that keep getting smashed by the weather. But, um, yeah, it's sprung. They're sprung and they're beautiful. <laughs> Apparently you can put them in boiling water and then they... Yes. Yes. Away, so, so yeah. Clem, you've become a, a little gardener in your small courtyard in Fitzroy, haven't you? Uh, just herbs, so yeah, very basic, but it does the job. Is anything mm. blooming at the moment? Oh, I did have, my grand did give me an orchid, which has been very successful the past couple of years. Aren't they beautiful? Like, yeah. So beautiful in winter. And... Yeah, well, we're coming to the end of those, but they are absolutely beautiful. You're right, Anna, the blossom's coming out. Blossom's coming out. You start thinking, when am I going to plant my basil, you know, replant the herbs? Footy finals are coming up, and for the first time they're back in Melbourne. Very first exciting. Time in two years, which is beyond exciting. Um, the game at the MCG on Sunday just reminded us of what we've been missing. <laughs> Next when, level. When 88,000 people fill the G. We're all Tigers supporters, so we're happy. We'd rather be playing in Melbourne, but you know, you never know what can happen from seventh position on the ladder. It is exciting. It's not what we're used to, 
It's but we're very excited. We actually had the contest website open because we thought it'd be a Saturday game at the Gabba, and us girlies were going to do a little Brisbane trip. But then it was Thursday. Bummer. I know. Can't I was skip about, work. I was about to text your mum and say <laughs> any chance, and then I thought, no, Friday work. And I'm sort of happy with Lynchy's groin. I need yeah. to put that on the agenda. I never thought you'd say those words, Anna. <laughs> I've been saying those words a lot, Clem. Trust me. Lynchy's groin. And anyway, I seem to be happy with that. So obviously the race is a sort of a, you know next calendar event, but they are starting to hot up as well. They sort of sneak up on you while the footy's being done and run. But it makes me think of fashion, Anna. Exactly. And, I mean, people will be going to the races in big numbers again this year, which is fantastic. They'll be wearing clothes, wearing nice clothes and thinking about – I mean, you would hope that people will start buying again. What should, What is going to be your colour for the spring? Well, it is going to be my colour and it has been my colour, but I'm giving it a red-hot go, pink. Mm, groundbreaking. Think, well, spring. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the beautiful pink jumper. I just think it's just such a good colour for the perhaps the older lady, yes. to be honest. I think it works in with all different hair tones, skin tones. But I don't know, pink seems to be having a moment in design. Everywhere you look, it's pink. Homewares. I just think it's fabulous and it's gorgeous with green, my two favourite. Well, I'm a, I'm a fan of the dusty pink and I've been really rocking it. You've I, been really in, rocking In my it. own words for the last two years. <laughs> but I was at um, doing footy classified the other night and Liv- Liv- Lavinia mm. was in hot pink. Yeah. Hot pink pants, hot pink yeah. shirt. Shocking Look, pink or, ri- or fluoro? Oh, shocking. Yeah. No, I, not not for us, Caro, but good for the younger oh, model. Oh, she looked fantastic. I mean, they were really cool pink pants yeah. and a bright pink top. And often, Clem, I see, um, I notice people of your age in, like, pink and red. You know, two love different Love that. Or pink and orange. Look at Wild. Jane. Oh, yeah, Jane's rocking yeah. it today. No, I love that clash of colour. Can I bring in a wild card colour as well? Yellow. I feel like, not yeah. to brag, but we were in Stockholm. All the hotties on the street were wearing a really nice, like, muted yellow. But I think perfect. that's going to make a resurgence as perfect well. Perfect for you with the br- the brunette and the beautiful olive skin. Yellow on me, I look like I've got gastro. <laughs> oh. No, it's no good for blondes. Don't even start. But fabulous. I, I must say, and Clem, you and I purchased in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten the brand, but a beauty Ganny, which is a Copenhagen brand. What but they have stores all around Europe. And how Australia. do you spell it? G A N N I. And what did you buy? Best shop, Anna. Describe it, Clem. Crushed silk maxi skirt that's yellow with little flowers that you've probably seen mum rock as well. Is that the one I've seen you in twenty four seven? Yeah. I wore it yes. Yep. <laughs> It's, d- it's got an elasticised waistband, so we've been sharing it. And it's, it's got flowers divine. all over I it. I didn't realise it had flowers on it. Oh, no, exa- you've seen me in another one. No, you haven't yeah. seen this one. Um, if you'd come to dinner the other night, as you were invited to do, you would have seen it. But that's all right. <laughs> anyway, I have rocked it with a lemon yellow, lemony yellow sort of origin jumper bought I've on seen, sale. I've seen that origin jumper yeah, and it's divine. Brought at great expense. And I even resurrected my um, yellow... Uh, what's a backpack? What's a brand? Longchamp, mm, which yes. no one really commented on, but I was happy with. Did you know you can just put Longchamp in the washing machine? No. Yeah, my filthy lemon yellow little backpack and my handbag that I've actually bought in today, I soaked just in that wool wash stuff and then put it in the wash. Oh, I would wow. have done a bit of hand washing. I wouldn't have put it in the Comes machine. up an absolute How treat. much yellow is too much yellow? Because you also had the yellow shoes at one point. So yeah. it was a little bit like Clam. a walking banana. Head to toe. <laughs> and too I, much. No, and I had a cap as well. 
you've gone the whole hog, Caro. I think. Oh, we're being such like non-tourists. Look at us. Like, no, you're not, Mum. You stick it out like it's all them. No, I think yellow is gorgeous. I just think some some colour. Like, I mean, I know I'm wearing navy today, but. I think spring. It, oh, Annie, you've got it, a very bright pendant on, which and, and a gorgeous pink scarf. Uh, the other thing I've noticed is, um, and even with young people, Clem, I've noticed dresses are longer. Yes, that's yeah. true. I, I would, yeah, I would take that. Gran always said from an early age because we were always obsessed with wearing mini skirts. No one wants to see your knees, darling. Yeah. And I was like, I never really understood it, but then I'm like, oh, knees are really not that pretty sometimes. Not that sexy. And you can really rock, you know, an ankle length dress. On, I think it just suits any body type as well. Yes, and it it still shows off other. It shows and off long, your lovely arms. Long denim skirts are really in at the moment. Back to like the '90s slash Y2K fashion. That's really in. So watch out for those. You'll probably be wearing them in a couple of years too late, but <laughs> all good. <laughs> Thanks for that hot tip, Clem. But also with the long skirt. You get you've really a huge choice of footwear, which I love. Transseasonal as well, Anna. The, yep. That's the word I'm looking for, Clem, the boot. <laughs> I avoided so, sneakers for two years with my ankles. Now I've just gone with you've, it. You've really gone with it. I, you've, you're a sneakers and pyjamas girl now. Now you've I've just, discovered the the, the um, platform sneaker. Don't worry, we've noticed. <laughs> yeah. What's Miss Jane showing off here? My hairy legs because, hello, the of reason course. you wear a long skirt is so you don't have to do any Yes, that's another thing, low maintenance. Jane, September's round the corner. No. Get to the waxer or get out the razor. No, there's so much maintenance to be done with September. We're like, you know, you <laughs> play out of a cocoon. I We're know. going to become It's like when my boyfriend walks into the family dinner and he's got a bit of a scruffly chin and Okta, my grandpa always says, mate, aisle four. Pack of razors, go get some. <laughs> so it could, rude. It could be designer stubble. <laughs> I remember going to the school pickup, probably pick, to pick you up, Clem, in, you know, boots and jeans or whatever, and a couple of smug other, you know, yummy mummies who'd had their first spring pedicure in, sa- in a sandal mm. and, a, you know, little, you know, what, what are they called, pedal pushers, and me go, and he just immediately go, I've got to get yeah. organised. <laughs> anyway, Clem, mum, Corrie pointed out um, in the last week or two that she felt the city of Melbourne was looking pretty dead when she was last there. I beg to differ. Admittedly, it was a weekend. You and I went to an unbelievable film that we'll talk about in BSF, but um, there were so many people in the city that day, and the day before I walked home from Marvel Stadium around South Bank, and I couldn't believe the queues. So I thought you might, having you probably spend more time in the city than we do, living on the edge of it. Tell us about your observations and what we can look forward to this in the city this spring. Well, yes, I, I think it's three words. Melbourne's back, baby. I think the vibe in the city is great. I mean, we went on a Sunday film and it was packed. We went to a lunch, you know, 12 on the dot and every table was taken. Um, it's just really buzzy. But I thought what I would do, because spring's all about new beginnings, I thought I'd highlight some of the new restaurants around town that are not your classic traditional bowl of pasta or steak and chips, but I think are all well worth a look in. So the first cap off the rank is Jow. So this is actually Laotian slash Australian cuisine. It's on Bridge Road, Richmond, and it's taken over anchovy, which was a very high-end eatery yes. by um, Chef T. Less. So she's, re- she's transformed it into Jow, which is a much more casual, bustling place. How do you spell it? G, uh, sorry, J-E-O-W. So expect fresh and punchy dishes like grilled scampi with a beetle leaf paste and Murray cod wings smothered in tamarind chilli jam. Mm-hmm. I'm just dying to get there. I think it's going to be really good. So now we're going to hop on the 86 up um, High Street, Northcote, which when I was telling Dad about this last night, he said you spent a lot of time in your early 20s there, maybe visiting him in a share house. Yep, that's yep. right. All right. Yes. 
Mid-twenties, but yes. It's probably much more gentrified now. It is. Um, but there's this amazing Georgian restaurant, Grey and Grey. So Eastern like European Russian style. Sort of. Well, not Russian, yeah, but, but near no, Russia. No, not Russian, Georgian. At all, yep, yep. <laughs> so think pickled and smoked mussels, rye bread with different types of cheeses you've never tried before. Jaw-dropping and a jaw-dropping layered honey cake is a must for dessert. So it's about like 15 layers high and it sits in this cake stand and the whole night you're just like, I need to have a slice of it. So definitely recommend a bit more on the bougie end, around $70 for a set menu, but well worth it. And name again, Clem? Grey and grey. Okay, good. Right. Now we're going to head back to the CBD and we've got Aru. So this is by Chef Khan Nguyen. So he opened his first restaurant, Sunda, in 2018, which is still in my top 10 all-time favourites. I just I send everyone there. I love it. This is his newish one. It opened up between the lockdowns last year. I've been to Aru. I love so it. So <laughs> It's leaning heavily on his Vietnamese heritage and draws inspiration for, from all parts of Southeast Asia whilst using Australian native ingredients. So, for example, probably one of his most famous dishes at the moment is the, his take on a bunning snack. So it's like a <laughs> mini duck sausage with leatherwood honey and peanut hoisin. This is more bougie. This is around $95 for the set menu. But if you're going for a group under six, I would just suggest men, uh, ordering off the menu. It's absolutely amazing. And that's A-R-U. Yeah, Aru. Aru. And, and is where it is it? Little Collins or...? In the city, yes. I think it's on one of the Littles. Yeah, I yep. think it's Little Collins. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Now, last cab off the rank, mm. Filipino. So this place is called Sarai, S-E-R-A-I, and this is by Chef Ross Magne of Rice, Paper, Scissors fame. Have you ever been to those restaurants? No. I've seen it. Yeah, there's one in the city and one in Fitzroy. It's, like, really, really um, popular. So you just watch the chef cook open the open fire, so, like, Skull Island prawns, sticky lamb ribs, whilst you just sip on a cocktail or a natty wine. This would be your ultimate date night, or if you're going for a big night out in the town, this is where you're hitting up first. You're going to be seen here, but you're also going to have amazing food. So highly recommend, and the mains are only around twenty to forty dollars, so a little bit cheaper. Sarai, get on down. And that is spelt S E R A I, as I just spelt it. Sorry, okay. So we've got Sarai, Aru, Grey and Grey, and Jow. Gee, Clem, I need an alka seltzer. I think I'm all over the shop with my cuisines. Yeah, you might be like, oh, I don't know, all of them. At bottom line, delicious, tasty food. So get on down. Funky atmosphere. Yeah, in a good way, not a. <laughs> I, like, I like the sound of um, jowl. I must say, yeah. I think that sounds yeah. absolutely Anchovy brilliant. Anchovy had um, like rave reviews. I was so sad I never got there before it closed down. I never down. got there either. Yeah, and so she's just transformed it into just more of a casual place because she was just like, you know, make it bigger, have more tables, and have more turnover. And so now it's this Laotian place, which there's not many Laotian places around. So. Yeah, get on because down and try. Bridge Road Richmond has sort of become the poor relation really to Swan Street, hasn't it? There's been so much more in Swan Street. Yeah, so. it's a little bit of a weird spot. They actually opened up um her she actually opened up her own barn me place a few doors down. So it's $18 for a barn me, which makes some people gawk, but when you see how they make it, you're like, wow, this is worth every cent. Like the over the open spit, they're making their own paste, chili jams, they're pickling. It's just Incredible. So that place is called Calcom as well. So that's you know, like a couple doors down from her. So Annie, you know Clem's theory that basically south of the Yarra, like, don't even bother. What taste buds did? Uh, she well, I tried to put in some, but there's just not, nothing going on there. Down there well, we're just losers, <laughs> yeah. losers down on our side. Uh, La Pocetta is pretty good. Track road. Oh, no, I'm no, but seriously, I mean, 
Is there any good smart new places opening up like in Chapel Street on this side of the Yarra or...? I haven't been because it hasn't opened yet, obviously, but Stella. So this is a three-storey place opposite the Temperance Hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's about to yes. open and that'll be Italian. Oh, that's exciting. <sighs> what about what about where Anna lives, around the sort of <laughs> South Melbourne, Middle Park, Albert Park sort of area? Not sure of anything new, but everyone still raves about Park Street, Pasture and Wine. Do you get down there? We do. It's fabulous. Did yep. we go with you? With Nicola and... Yes, yes, we loved that And place. we loved it. I mean, not cheap. I'm not saying it should no. be cheap, but probably more for a birthday. So they've or... opened up a brand new place, Osteria Renata, a couple of doors down from Mount Erica. So there's another Southside one, but it's all just bloody boring Italian. Actually, someone was talking about <laughs> we that love Osteria. Italian, yeah, we love Italian, but Melbourne's right. just a melting pot of all these amazing cuisines, and they're all just be- yeah. waiting for you to come and try them. No, my neck of the woods is so dull. It's dull for takeaway. It's dull for food. So it's fabulous. Okay. I love that wine bar near um yep. in Bridport, Bridport Street. Bridport Street. That's fabulous. What's it called? The Melbourne City oh. Wine Bar or the Albert or Park? The, yeah, Albert Park Wine Bar. Yeah, the food's really good there. But yes, yeah. it's look. It's but it's not your just you know drop in. Yeah, and it's not. Yeah. It, it's, it's sort of slightly upmarket, but it is fabulous food. Oh, well, Clem, that is a great no, cross section. Really... Yeah. So in summation, Melbourne's back, baby. Get out there. Be really nice to your waiter, even if they stuff up. Give them about seven strikes because everyone's really stressed at the moment. And, yeah, enjoy. I had a friend the other night who went to a pub that's just had a bit of a makeover and a new kitchen, new chef and blah, 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 and the service wasn't great. You know, waited half an hour for a bottle of wine, they claim. And at the end, food was good, fine to good. They gave it six out of ten. Clearly it was a soft opening and things hadn't gone to plan. And the waiter said to my friend, oh, how did you go? And he said, well, to be honest, you know, it was good, but, you know, we did wait half an hour. And the she- and the waiter almost bit back at him, oh. like got all defensive. Listen, we're understaffed. <laughs> but still, I'm sorry, you have to have a drink the moment you sit down. That is Chris Barry's absolute mantra. <laughs> I don't care if the food doesn't come for a while, but you've yep. got there, you've got the park, you've got out of the Uber, you're thirsty. Okay. You want to relax, like... You want the coffee straight away or the wine straight oh, yeah. away, don't you? Another tip, just go for the cocktail. If you're feeling like a cocktail, it's spring. Enjoy. Clem, good, good call there. And Clem, good segue, because now it's time for the cocktail cabinet. This is brought to us by Prince Wine Store. Miles has a few issues today, so next week he'll be giving us some fabulous spring wine tips. But, Miss Jane, we do have a result in our competition. Yes, I think Miles is actually stuck in a basement somewhere with a whole stack of great spring wine, yeah, <laughs> trying I'm to not. work out what they're refusing to leave to put in the next box. Um, no, he has a pussycat that's very ill, so we we're thinking of you, Miles. Oh, sorry, Miles. So we have this wonderful wine appreciation course that Prince Wine Store every week are giving us two passes to go to this course and. Thank you, everyone, for your incredible entries. We have had dozens come through. We just want to know about your most memorable wine experience. It doesn't, or, you know, a drink experience, or just bring us some memories. Uh, Honourable mention this week to Ian Hawkins, who said a tour of Port Arthur in Tasmania needed a three-hour sipping at the cellar door afterwards to forget the horrors of humanity. So interesting how... That's oh. a, a dark uh, side, but yes. Clem, that's where um, our friend Mr McHenry has his gin distillery near Port oh, Arthur. Remember yeah. we met him at the Salamanca Market that day? Yep, shout outs. Got, got to go and visit him. 
Yes, well, they had a wonderful uh, Tasmanian wine tasting at Prince Wine Store this week, which was a huge success, so lots of great producers coming out of there. Another honourable mention to Emily Cameron, who says, I will never forget visiting Slovenia over Easter with three good friends. We drove across the border from Venice on a sunny Friday morning. Got to get to Slovenia. To the Lepavita, a family-owned winery nestled in the Vipava Valley, arriving at a uniquely modern building contrasting amongst the rustic farmhouses dotted along the road. Show off, Emily. Geez. Oh, we were warmly <laughs> welcomed by owner Irina, who introduced us to the wonders of Slovenian wine. Drinking their signature orange wine, looking out at the vineyard surrounded by mountains, we felt felt we were truly out of office. That sounds incredible. Ooh, we and love well an written too. Yes. <laughs> felt like I was there, Anna. <laughs> Our winner today, though, of the double pass to the wine appreciation course at Prince Wine Store is Hilary Rosiganulo. Apologies if I haven't said that right. The year was 2012, she says, best vintage yet, according to her husband, an avid home winemaker. The grape juice, or the must, was fermenting in the skins in a large plastic tub in our carport at home. The tub was tightly covered with a tarpaulin. One afternoon, I returned home to discover an elderly gentleman bathing in the juice in the tub. He had somehow oh, found his cracker. way into our backyard <laughs> and fallen into the tub. He had oh been God. there for hours sloshing around, splashing it everywhere. My husband thought I was joking on the phone, but when he arrived home, it was no joke. The 2012 oh. vintage was over. <laughs> He's a winner. would add another little top note, though. Surely. <laughs> I'm sure in some natural wine-making circles, oh. that would be a real benefit. It's giving oh, a whole new meaning to skin contact, oh, isn't it? Please. So Hillary, Essence of fungi. <laughs> uh, Hillary's off to Prince Wine Store. Thanks to everyone for your entries. You'll find the link in our show notes, or you can uh, sign up for our newsletter, which comes every week into your inbox. Get us your wine stories, your drink stories, your wonderful memories, good and bad, but we like the good ones. That was fantastic. Thank you, Hilary. And, of course, get your Prince Wine Store discount. Use the promo code MESS at checkout, princewinestore.com.au. That's M-E-S-S, short for messenger. And we are going to move straight on now to BSF. And, Anna, you have a book by an author we both love. Exactly, Cara. Now, this book is called The Second Cut by Louise Welsh, who we've loved and your brother William absolutely loves. I mean, how can we forget The Bullet Train? Brilliant book. Brilliant. So 20 years after award-winning Glaswegian author Louise Welsh wrote the cult classic The Cutting Room, she's written its sequel, The Second Cut. And although it's been a long time between drinks, Welsh hasn't missed a beat with this story. Um, In this contemporary atmospheric murder mystery, Welsh, who's the Professor of Creative Writing at the University of Glasgow, gets all her fabulous crew of Motley characters back together, albeit 20 years on. So now they're talking COVID, Grinder, 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 however you say it. (laughs) Grinder. Grinder. Not Grinder. Sorry, obviously showing my age. Grinder, Uber and drugs that Grinders I've never an heard island of. on the Stockholm Archipelago. Oh, that's, <laughs> perhaps that's what tricked me. I suddenly thought, it's, I know, I've spelled it right, but is that how you say there it? There were a lot of grinder gra- gags cracked, I've got to say, at the Yeah, aisle. oh, well, I'm glad I've given you a segue <laughs> into a joke. Anyway, <laughs> grinder, Uber and drugs I've never heard of or obviously tried. Um, <laughs> so the character, the main character is Rilke, who's a Glaswegian antiques dealer an auctioneer. He's a debonair gay gent with a ripper turn of phrase who enjoys a walk on the wild and dark side. 
of Glasgow. And Wilkie works for the beautiful and immaculately dressed for every occasion Rose, owner of Bowery Auctions, who's inherited from her father and who's managing to keep it afloat just. And with this, the support cast is fabulous, says Glaswegian Toffs, auction folk, a policeman in love with Rose, the gay community and, of course, drug dealers. So the story is set in the dark underbelly of seedy Glasgow. It's got cracking dialogue, plenty of sardonic humour, a complex pot and a great description of place. And apart from being an absolutely unputdownable book, it really made me want to put Glasgow firmly on my travel agenda and made me look at Joel's in a completely new light. As in Leonard Joel's? As in Leonard Joel's. Mm. I mean, just the whole auction room politic and what goes on. So it's it's just a fabulous read. There, there is a bit of a seediness about the old auction room. There's so it's, And Those I think Glasgow auction dealers. room, you know. Oh, Anna, it sounds brilliant. No, it, seriously, I don't. I mean, really, I, I love the first one. So when I someone said that she'd released a book two decades on, I thought she won't be able to capture the characters. And yet you open up and it's like yesterday. They're there. What's the title again, Anna? It's called The Second the Cut. Second Cut. So the first one's called The Cutting Room and this is called The Second Cut. And it is a murder mystery, but it's also just a drama about their lives, where they are, what they're doing. I've still got The Cutting Room in my bookshelf. I might resurrect oh, that and read it again. Do you need again. to read? No, both? they're standalone. I actually reread because... Cara was away and I didn't have much to do. I reread. Oh, please. <laughs> Too kind. The cutting room. And then I went on to this. So I've had the most glorious. I might have to borrow it from you. It's Sounds great. Good. It's, it really is good. And she's, she's a fantastic author, won lots of awards. Brilliant. Oh, Anna, that is a great recommendation. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about the plot because I hate it when people give away what's no. going on. But I just wanted to paint the picture that if you like murder mysteries, bit of crime, bit of noir... Definitely. Yeah, she's definitely got a different turn of phrase. And the bullet train, if you ever come across that in your travels, I'd really recommend that as well. And a great recommendation. And Clem, we're going to share screen today because um, last week you've been going to a lot of MIF events, Melbourne International Film Festival. Mm. I've been to one and only because you uh, bought me a ticket as a present. Now, I had never heard of Gus Berger, who runs the Thornbury Picture House. Yes, um, on High Street with his lovely wife. Is that the Thornbury Theatre? No. It's a different. 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 Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's yeah. a cinema. Now, Anna, this documentary I've told you about I know, it. I tried to get to it. but It's called The Lost City of Melbourne. We saw it at the Forum. It was an absolute sellout. I've never seen a queue. The lines just went up to Loon and then there was a line for Loon, the, the cross-off <laughs> place. It was very confusing. It was, Melbourne's back. Yeah. It was very confusing. Clem, this is a documentary. It, it's basically... It's a tragedy. It made me cry. Mm. But it, it was nuanced in that it, it sort of ended on a fairly positive note about Melbourne's wonderful architectural history and cinematic history and theatrical history and how so much of it was destroyed after the Melbourne Olympics. Do you want to say a few words? Yeah, for and sure. I'll well, it's interrupt. kind of like a love letter to Melbourne's architecture. So obviously in the 1850s, we were known as Marvellous Melbourne and we had these beautiful buildings and then we kind of suffered from cultural cringe when we had the 56 Olympics and we weren't seen like we weren't seen as like cutting edge or 
modern. So we, we just felt decided, embarrassed. It was all yeah. too Victorian. And you know, back in as Clem said, in the in the eighteen fifties, we had was, one of the tallest buildings in the world. They said, and yeah. We were, yeah, it was all that fabulous gold rush architecture, yeah. wasn't it? Mm. It, it? It was that. that um, but all we were sort of much smarter and much cooler and much more advanced than Sydney at the time. Yeah, and then obviously this huge era of just demolition happened with absolutely no regulation, which would definitely not happen these days. Did it have lots of will on the wrecker with oh, these wrecker? They were one of the stars the of the show. Yeah, a huge I one. They um, were. <laughs> so, yeah, Gus Berger always had this idea for this film, but COVID kind of forced him to have all this downtime, like we all kind of did, and he just rifled through all of this old archival footage, went to the State Library, found all this never be- never seen before imagery of just these men doing basically acrobatics off the top of buildings and just smashing things down. And anyway, it's, it is it is really sad and you're going, oh, my God, how did they let this happen? Because in today's world, you know, you need a bloody permit to... Park your yeah, car. To, yeah, was it the seriously. Western Markets or the Eastern Markets that were at the top of Burke Street? It was the Eastern Market. I'd never heard of. This this never heard of. Beautiful Western Melbourne... Job Warehouse bit went and, you know... Um, Pellegrini's. Pellegrini's. Yeah, the Melbourne Fish Market, which they just no. roast. Imagine how amazing that would be. Down, still to have a Melbourne Fish Market. Down near Flinders Street. Um, There's a lot about cinemas. I mean, every yeah, suburb that, had five or six yeah. beautiful and it, cinemas. And it even showed a map, you know, there was five in Brunswick, in Preston, in Malvern, in Hawthorne, and yeah. just all these suburbs back then because you didn't have to travel into the city. You could just walk around the corner. And you went to your local go cinema to a, every and after, go see every a film. set day after. And then they just slowly just started smashing them down. But then there was a point in the movie where it did become uplifting and it was about looking back on what we do have. And then suddenly they showed the forum and you're watching this movie in the forum. <laughs> You're like, oh my god! There's a, there's a. How a lo- good's the? Forum? It's a newfound appreciation. You kind of look up now when you're in the city. And you go, oh yeah. yeah. It, it it is riveting, and there are buildings like the Federal Hotel that I can't remember that was destroyed. All these beautiful hotels where they just couldn't justify renovating them. The, there was a, a theatre in Brunswick Street, um, in sorry Sydney Road, Brunswick called the Padua. Which was an Art Deco. Oh, Anna! It was Is one of the, the most. That's the one with the revolving screen. Yeah. So it had a three-screened oh. thing that was on a basically a huge turntable, and they said they've never seen one like this in the world. Nowhere anywhere in the world, it would revolve, and then the orchestra and the organ. Oh. So one would... screen had the ads, the next one had the orchestra, then the next one showed the film, <laughs> and this was just in the middle of Brunswick. And, it, and but just... it was an Art Deco building. It was a huge cinema, and then. Um, a lot of cinemas were saved by the Greek and Italian community because they were turned into Greek and mm. Italian theatres. Like the Aster was saved by the Greeks um, and, and it kept, for, for years, showed Greek films and they would flock there. And I think it was the Italians who for a long time went to the Padua and then it was destroyed. There's an archival um, footage interview that a very young Barry Humphreys yes. does with one of the young Whelans. And he's basically like trying to rough him up. He's standing <laughs> over him. He's like, so how do you feel about this? So it was like, oh, my God, this is crazy how they it, found this footage. It's it's quite extraordinary. The line in the sand moment for Melbourne was probably the re, the saving of the regent where Norm Gallagher and Dick Hamer That's became smart. unlikely allies, the Premier and the BLF boss. Um, and, and then they say, look, we're not the only ones who destroyed so much. You know, for New York, it was Penn State. The battle to save Penn in London. Mm. It was, I think, Euston Station. Yeah. Every city had its line in the sand moment when finally the heritage people got involved. And then they show just the beautiful ones that we're still lucky to have. So the Sun in Yarraville, the Astor, yeah. and you just go, oh my god, I need to go down to this place and yeah. support it. Um, but 
Good luck for you, Anna. It's actually streaming until the 28th of August. So you jump on Miff and just pay a one-time fee, I think, for Miff Play. And it goes for 80 minutes. It's such a great watch. Definitely recommend. So only till the 28th of yep. August because so got... Caro said it was streaming. That poses I some think... problems to someone like me, but I didn't realise. You can figure it out. <laughs> I would recommend waiting till it comes out on the big screen. I think it will that be released. That was my next question. But because I want to see it's it. It's great on Hopefully, the big Gus will obviously show it at his place, the Thornbury Picture House. So fingers crossed. But if you can't wait, I mean, listen to that synopsis. Why wouldn't you want to run out and stream it? The minute Caro told me, you'd, the two nights that it was available were two nights I wasn't available. So yeah. I had yep. to. No, anyway, for those listening at home, go to Miff Play, streaming until the 28th of August, The Lost City of Melbourne by Gus Berger. It's absolutely brilliant. It, it really is brilliant and it did make me cry, but I also laughed. Now, Anna, you have a recipe that you handed on to me and I also completed. It's a fabulous new cake or tort. It's fantastic. Now, it's called the Torta Caprese, which, and I wondered what that meant. So I had a little look and it's apparently a Torta Caprese is a traditional flourless Italian chocolate cake from the island of Capri. So Who there would we have go. thought? Who would have thought? Now, ours, the recipe that Cara and I had a crack at last week, ours is made with roasted pecans. I'd never dealt with the pecan before, and it, what a fabulous nut to cook yep, with. It no, is. <laughs> I'm normally walnuts. And my sister Liza said, oh, you'll never go back once you do the pecan. She puts them in her American brownies recipe. Mum is a not-so-fabulous nut to cook with. She's a bit annoying in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Good gag. Anyway, so ours was made with roasted pecans and it's rich and and chocolatey with dense and delicious texture. So it's a perfect tort to serve up at a dinner or wherever. It's fabulous. So, yeah, both Cara and I have had a crack at this recipe and the recently and the recipe is on our website or on Cara's website. Um, and anyway, just in a nutshell, it's roasted pecans. Anna, Sorry. <laughs> Pardon the pun. I hate to steal your thunder, Anna, but I made this for you for Mother's Day two years ago with the stewed um, fruit on top. That no. was a torta caprese. Oh, did you? Yeah, and remember? Did the dark chocolate and yeah, the yeah, pecans. Yeah. Actually, anyway, are you it's joking? So, Anna, as I Cara said, claimed she'd never a, had it before when I served it a couple of years ahead over here. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't certainly not remember having it before. Miss Jane is itching to butt in here. What do you want to say, Jane? Just the show notes, not the website. We don't actually have a Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. And Anna, you're part of the team. They no, are I feel bad. I'm notes. claiming it's my podcast. Corey will be just, just <laughs> nervous wreck and Byron. <laughs> Look, I'm starting again. It, there's roasted pecans. There's good quality chocolate, butter, eggs and sugar. It's easy to make. Oh, Clem's now showing us a Happy photo. Happy Mother's Day, Mum. Oh, Clem, oh, that Clem. was beautiful. May 2020. Don't but it was the, the fact that you had, was that a butter icing on top? No, just mascarpone. No, but see, Clem, mine is either dusted with cocoa or I didn't want to do that, so I just did a few more roasted I'm sensing a bit of a competition. Should we have a tort-off? No, we certainly. (laughs) You'd you'd win by a country mile. Interestingly, Anna said to me, look, it says cook for 50 minutes, but in her oven she did 35. I needed the full 50 in my oven. Mm. My oven runs really hot. It's Old You'd rather that than a really cold oven. I, and, but I can't bear a dried out tort. So mine was moist, I have to say that. Oh, bad please word. don't say that word. No, I know it's yeah, a bad mine, word, mine but it works. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and anyway, I didn't do any mascarpone on the top. I just did 
cream or ice cream and did some berries on the side. Good the, for gluten-free people too. Great for gluten-free. The other ripper thing is you can make it the day before, tick, done, serve it up and it's stunning the next day. In fact, keeps for a couple of days. So it's easy, but it, it actually looks really good. I mean, you were impressed on Friday night, weren't you? Really impressed. Happy and, to and serve it up. I copied your idea of putting a mm. few to- uh, to- um, pecans on top. Yeah. But the Pe- pecans are really yum. They're great for making muesli too, just to oh. tip. I had a few pecans actually left in the fridge, so I was happy about that. Clem, it's a, I mean, I, you've obviously made it. We <laughs> we received it from a friend, Jane Keel, who we should give credit to. Yes, I was going to say, Jane Keel gave it to our friend of the podcast, Tanya. She gave it to me. I cooked it for Caro. It, I've gone it on. for others. Mm. It's just gone. But it on. is wow. Jane. You made it two years ago. Yeah. But it is Jane Kill's recipe. So. Um, that was BSF. Clem, well, we won't let you. We won't end the segment without you. Just maybe just suggesting what one of your favourite spring salads is. One we should try sometime oh, soon. Put me on the spot, Kaz. One thing I have been giving a go is um, frozen broad beans. Because, yep. you know, the cost of living in the moment, and I just can't afford any of the fresh veggies. Just the um, frozen broad beans from the freezer section. If you quick, can find any yeah. grain veg in the freezer section, <laughs> Quick one-minute boil, peel them up, and then just mixing that through like a grain, like a quinoa or a couscous, with a bit of feta, red onion. Really, really yum. That's my chi- my tip. Frozen Perfect. Yum. Yeah, they are. I, I, I do it love really it. elevates the dish, you know. Now, that was BSF for Red Energy, powered by Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. Isn't it time you called Red Energy on 131806? Before we move into six quick questions, Anna, you are grumpy. Look, I am grumpy, <clears throat> and it is an old grumpy, but I'm reusing it just in for what's happened to me this week. I'm completely grumpy about the lack of service, help, customer service in industry. I mean, don't even get me started on the airlines. Do you reckon Alan Joyce really cares? I think he only cares about his bottom line, but today (laughs) I'm on about the banks. Now, just saying, I had a visa card issue. It wasn't my fault, I hasten to add, although Chris kept saying, of course it's your fault. It wasn't. But anyway, my visa card, my new visa card, not linked to my access account, which paid off my visa. So... I've got an unpaid visa bill. So I try ringing visa. There's no opportunity to speak to a person. You can't press zero for an operator. So you cannot speak to anyone. I mean, it's so bloody frustrating. Imagine if English was not your first language. Oh, it's I mean, yep. it, it's yep. just... So then I think, OK, this isn't working for me. I'm going to go down to the bank. So I go down to the bank. I get there. There is a sign on the door that says, shut for lunch. It's 11 a.m. <laughs> in the morning. It's a tradies lunch. So, that, so I just think, OK, this is, bank? Yeah, this is oh. my second day. So I go back the next day after 11 o'clock thinking, beauty, they've had lunch. <laughs> and I go into the bank. There is one security guard... <clears throat> There is one teller who cannot help me, believe it or not, and there's an ironically named customer service manager who says, even though I'm at the front of the queue, straight up she says, I can't help you and you'll have to make an appointment for the following day. And I said, but I'm here now and you're here doing he can't nothing. help me and there's no one else here and I'm the only one in the queue. So... I mean, where's the customer service in that? So anyway, I just com- went completely bolshy. I stacked on the biggest grumpy old woman act <laughs> and I staged a sit-in. I said, I am not going oh my God. until you help me. She and they were herself all, to a tree. Totally. Imagine the female security officer was just... But what? that's something like something out of Yes Minister. That is ridiculous. Oh, it was the office. It was Yes Minister. It was Faulty Towers. I mean, 
I'm one person. And believe it or not, before I went overseas, I said, "Is you know, it's a new card. Is my visa linked with my debit situation? Yes, madam, yes. So they'd actually told me incorrect information. Anyway, I, I think they probably thought, oh, my God, we haven't seen the likes of this before. <laughs> and I said, I don't care if you shut up four o'clock. I am staying here till this is sorted out. It's my third day. And I just think, where is the service and customer service? As the interest bill's mounting up. The interest bill's mounting up. I'm completely frazzled. I'm trying to actually buy other stuff on Visa and I'm getting... That's how I got onto it because I was getting rejected. And I kept thinking, what's wrong with this card? It's a new card. I mean... So did they fix it? They did. But, I mean, and it was so simple. But I couldn't do it. But they... But they said, make an appointment for tomorrow. Make that is an appointment so for tomorrow. Bank. But there were three people. I mean, it was just next level. Anyway, I just had enough. The so. world's gone mad. Oh, and I was bloody grumpy, <laughs> I can tell you. Well, on that note, we'll launch into six quick questions. And, Annie, you can kick us off. Do you agree with supermarkets scrapping best before dates, as they seem to be doing in London, in the UK? No, I don't, because... Look, I'm pretty flexible when it comes to best before dates and you you can just be sensible with it. I mean, milk is the one thing. There's the line in the sand. Oh, I disagree. Sniff test. I always just sniff Oh, God. I reckon it could run out two days before and it can last a week after. It can definitely run out two days before. I never do after. I am militant. I sniff, but it makes me feel sick even sniffing it. But (laughs) No, but the other things, I mean, you know, if your flower's a month out of date, really... I think I don't think you're going to find weevils in it. So no, well, Corey would. She seems to be plagued by weevils. Yeah, she. Does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. interesting, Anna. Mum, do you think a fifty dollars discount will see customers forgiving Qantas? Off the back of what Anna just said, no. That is the greatest joke of all time and the worst PR stunt I have ever heard of. Clem, you work in this industry. I would have been pretty happy they got the front page. What it has done is remind us all what a bunch of bastards they have mm. been. No, Don't I'm sorry. Um, People who got cheap fares a year ago. Mum, you're going to be barred at the Qantas Lounge now two when weeks, you rock up. Two weeks before. <laughs> do not fly list if you keep Two going. weeks before they fly, they get bumped off the flight because Qantas can sell it to a, a richer customer for more mm. money. No, 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 no. It is just... They are the most expensive airline to fly. Everyone says that if you do have to fly with Qantas on points, make sure you go with Emirates because the service is so much better. I don't understand why I hear such bad stories from Qantas employees. I think a lot about of people the way they're appreciate treated. this fifty dollars thing, especially if they haven't flown and they go, "Great, extra fifty bucks." In my what's, what's fifty dollars going to get you? Nothing. I don't. No. I don't forgive them. No. Now, Clem, does the Finnish Prime Minister have the right to partay? <laughs> Let the girl live, I say. So again, with a PR lens, I think people like seeing the human side and she didn't oh. do anything harmful or legal so it's a play on for me yeah so what did she actually do though i she mean was just she... caught like dancing and partying around with her friends and then the video was leaked like she wasn't doing and anything. did anyone pick on her like the opposition or did people say you were a disgrace well it's a massive story and then she yep. she voluntarily did a drug test to be like guys i wasn't doing anything bad i, I mean, was just dancing with the... my friends the fact that she voluntarily had to do a drug test as a prime minister is just disgraceful. I mean, what is the world coming to? Anna, where should ONJ's state memorial be held? We know there's a few state memorials and funerals coming up. <laughs> look, this actually kept me awake at night. I was tossing and turning. Then I thought, oh, look, first of all, I thought a old school. Then I thought, what about my music bowl? But then I thought Jude's probably got the 
bags them on music bowl. Well, I think they would like to have the Judith Durham one there. But what, what My, about the Rod Laver Arena? I just find those big arenas pretty soulless for memorials. I thought Kadinsky's, it was okay watching on telly, but I don't know. I just don't know that it's got the vibe. I, I thought maybe could we do a Hyde Park-esque open air for Olivia oh, in the okay. summer? You know, I don't know where where you do that Latrobe Gardens. I, I don't know. some, But I just thought open air, do something different. I'm... I'm Interesting, interesting. I don't Clem. really have an answer, sorry. No, 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 you, you put up a few <laughs> ideas. I think her old school being uni high. I know. I, I mean, mean, it might be a bit tricky logistically. I know. I think Look, it's I was going just... to have international, you know, elements. What, Travolta. Oh, I think there'll be a I minute. Mean, I think if um, Eddie Maguire's production company runs this it. Six quick questions or Okay, Clem. Clem, all right. No. AFLW kicks off this week, Clem. Now, you were the only one of us who attended the launch last week. What impressed you the most about it? Well, it's the first ever time we're going to have the same amount of women's clubs as men's clubs. So the team and the league is whole, which is very exciting. 540 players now, a 94% average pay rise, which is great for the women because obviously they all have to have jobs on the side as well. And the Hawthorne and Essendon clash, which is happening for the very first time, was moved to Marvel Stadium after they saw unprecedented ticket sales in the 24-hour period. So it's at Marvel this Saturday. It's 10 bucks. Get on down. Yes, and I think they are now having hit a bit of a wall there. So people do need to buy tickets because it's slowed down a bit. Support the girlies is all I say. Fabulous, Clem. Now, Kaz, rank your three favourite footy events this spring. Oh, look, there there are so many, Anna. There are so many. Number one for me, always my absolute favourite, and sadly, it, sadly it's not on this year, another COVID um, mm. victim is the 3AW Grand Final Footy Breakfast, always held on the Friday. Most enjoyable because Matthew Lloyd doesn't drink, but on Thursday night of the Grand Final week, he always goes out and has a few sherbets because it's his Essendon Premiership reunion. And I love seeing him the colour of um, the wall in here, which is green. How do you know it's not? I mean, why? how have they called it so early? Oh, but, well, it's you no know, planned um, months ahead. So, look, num- number three, I-, I suppose you'd have to say, is the All-Australian Night, which they've melded this year, and it's going to be with the Coach of the Year and also the Players Association MVP. Number two is the Brownlow. I mean, what a great event. On TV, in person, it's just, Clem, you've been, you've absolutely loved it. Twice now. Am I going this year? No, well, you did rather disgrace yourself one year, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> what, with Dusty? No, no, no. Poor Matthew Briddits, who won I the... I tried to give him a high five. He iced me. It's on, it was on national TV and they slow-moed it. And it's more embarrassing for me than him. Clem, no. I, I must have just blocked that out, goddaughter. I, I can't remember that at all. But nothing will ever beat. And thank heavens, Gillen, despite saying a night grand final was inevitable, he's still running it at daytime. His last gig was to keep it at the daytime, which is fantastic. The grand final day is like Christmas Day. It is just a great... And to think it's going to be back at the MCG. Often better than Christmas Day, if you ask me. Actually, good point, Anna. Certainly 2017, 19 and 20, just to name three. Seventh quick question. Are the Targs going to be in the final? Grand final. They're in the mix, Clem. They're in the mix. (laughs) Lynchy's groin. If it holds up. (laughs) 
Now, um, thank you to our podcast supporters, Red Energy, 100% Australian Electricity and Gas, and Prince Wine Store. Remember, visit princewinestore.com.au and click on the Don't Shoot the Messenger page for all Miles's recommendations and discounts. And don't forget to enter our competition. You can visit us via Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to get our show notes delivered to your inbox each week, that's show notes, Anna. Show notes. Okay. Including Anna's wonderful... (laughs) Calabrese tort recipe that's also or Clems. And Clems Calabrese, restaurant. Caprese. Caprese, sorry. God. What am I saying? I've got my wrong Italian. Italian. You're, you're butchering <laughs> the Italian language, Kaz. Clem, um, we want your four restaurants on the show yep, notes. Yeah, they'll be on the well. show notes. Hit the sign up button on Facebook or on our show notes or send us an email and we'll subscribe you. That's email feedback at don't shoot pod.com.au and, and ladies, follow what Clemmy do we... Donahue on Instagram oh, C-L-E-M-M-I-E Donahue and what do we say ladies? Don't, Don't shoot, shoot the messenger, the messenger. Ah, got it in <laughs> This podcast is proudly supported by Red Energy, awarded CanStar's most trusted energy providers nationally 2021 and 22 that's Red Energy and Prince Wine Store, bringing wine enthusiasts the greatest wine in the world. Visit princewinestore.com.au.